Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Consistent. He wants to be consistent, and that's going to take a while. There is no question about that. The consistency from Anthony Richardson is going to take a while. And it started out rough. It started out rough exactly what we thought. And you know what? You're going to get moments of Anthony Richardson this year where you're going to look at it and suggest, hey, everything is absolutely foobar, and then, hey, everything is, oh, wow. Thank you very much. Yeah, did Bubbles bring that out to me? I like it when Bubbles brings that out to me, right? Thank you. Now, what's your name? Oh, you can bring it out. Thank you very much for that. I got. I better have a card right here for you just to, to make sure. But no, seriously, I, I just I'm not going overboard with it as of right now. I don't think there's any need to. I mean, you can properly analyze what went down without going completely overboard. Try not to do that. But again, it was not a great start. And again, all phases. Think about it. You think about Richardson's start, that was ugly. You think about the start, you know, defensively, didn't protect the edge. They go down the field after that turnover again and score right away. And you think about Matt Gay, the biggest free agency pickup in the offseason, goes out there and misses a 28-yarder. I mean, there were a lot of things that were wrong. A lot of things didn't go right. But again, that was expected. I expected that. I would assume that most of you would have expected that as well. But you know what? There are also some things you can talk about where you go, okay, that makes sense. And then, you know, with Anthony Richardson in mind, as I mentioned, you're going to get a lot of bad plays. You're going to get bad decisions. He wants to be more consistent. But you're going to get some oh wows. Great touch on that ball to Alec Pierce. And Alec Pierce should make that catch. Actually, there are a couple of opportunities, both he and Michael Pittman Jr., to make tough catches. And believe me, these guys, Michael Pittman Jr., when he ultimately gets a new deal, I'm assuming this year is going to earn it because it's not like these footballs are going to consistently come into the catch radius or the catch window right here. I mean, they're going to be stretching. They're going to be moving. They're going to have to make some tough catches. And you had a couple of balls there thrown by Richardson that were right there on the hands, especially that with Alec Pierce. And those are catches that you're going to have to make. Now, here's what I want to happen. We saw this a year ago right in Buffalo. We saw this. We saw that the offensive line came out, and they were awful. And we said, well, you know what, that's just a preseason. And unfortunately, that lasted throughout the course of the regular season. That was problematic. And you don't want to see that you want to see some gains in preseason. And again, Rick Venturi says all the time, you know, the final score doesn't matter. He's absolutely right. But what does is that you see certain strides. Like the starters on the offensive line, all right, you're fine with that. The depth on the offensive line, you're not fine with that. There is a lot to work on, but so much of it was exactly what I expected. Anybody else with me? I mean, I expected the ups and downs of that. 
They gave you some moments here, gave you some moments there. But otherwise, you know right now what you already know. And that is there is a ton to work on. And this was also blatantly obvious. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm not trying to give the entire bankroll to Jonathan Taylor. And you know what? He's still on PUP. He's back, according to Ian Rappaport right now. He's going to attend practice uh, still on the PUP. But let's just say this. You saw the running backs, right? And if there's one thing that stood out in that game more than anything else is how necessary Jonathan Taylor is for all this. He just is. I know a lot of you are pissed. I know a lot of you are angry. A lot of you are saying, hey, it's a running back position. How can you afford? You can't afford to pay this guy a lot. So he's kind of getting what he deserves right now. Okay, fine. We'll debate that. But the one thing you can't debate is how necessary that he is back there. Am I right? If there was one thing that was blatantly missing, was it that? And you know what? It's not like when you get overall one-team defenses out there throughout the game. It's not like that's going to change. That's just going to be more magnified. That was the one thing where it absolutely stood out. And yeah, I, miss, I, I really wish there was a magic wand that you could wave and then all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. Because, listen, I, I am in the court of public opinion now that would be more of a lean of him never playing here again. But I'm also right when I tell you that he is so necessary. And you know what? He needs the Colts. What a great way to prove to everybody that you're not disposable. What a fantastic way to do that. In a season like this, when the offense is going to be all over the place, with a guy that had 13 chances to play collegiately, and you know he's going to be all over the map, but what a great way to prove to everybody, hey, you know what? Look how valuable I was. So to me, both sides are absolutely missing the boat right here. Both sides. Hey, I know, I know it sounds like, well, you're just going with the organization. You know what? No, I am going with what I believe can make this team better and will expedite a process of getting the quarterback better and then usher in some winning one of these days. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm about. And that is what Jonathan Taylor would do right now. I don't know. They're not going to make the postseason if Jonathan Taylor plays. They're not going to make the postseason if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play. But the whole operation, if he's healthy and if he is playing, is absolutely needed. And you know how much better it would be with him. He's necessary. But you know what? They're as necessary to him as he is to their whole process. I don't want to hear it any other way. No other way. And they got some great stories there. Like, I like Jackson. I like Hall. Yeah, Jake Funk scoring a touchdown. Great story. You know what? We've about had enough of great stories. I just want to see this thing get into fast motion. 
What can help this offense and this quarterback more so than anything else is having a go-to guy. Jonathan Taylor is the lone go-to guy offensively on this team. That's it. Nothing against Alec Pierce. Nothing against Michael Pittman Jr. Nothing against anybody at a tight end. But that's it. I, I know that it's financial, and I know there's business. And I know when I talk about it in terms of a sport, they're going to talk about it in terms of a business. And when I talk about it in terms of a business, they're going to talk about it in terms of a sport. I know how that goes. You know, I just sounded like North Dallas 40 right there. But it's so true. It is so true. I wish at some point everybody would realize that. That's to me what stood out more than anything else. You know what? A healthy, and again, I'm talking about a healthy Jonathan Taylor. You know, even if you had to play out, which essentially exactly what the Colts want to do, this final year of your contract, or even if the Colts gave him a little bit of a bump in that final year, I mean, clear heads prevail at some point. That is going to be so missing, and it is so stinking obvious. It was absolutely obvious on Saturday. That, that to me, was the most obvious. Now you get back to Anthony Richardson for a moment, exactly what I expect, and I expect him to improve, and then I also expect him to have some really bad moments. I mean, it is going to be just like this. And with that... The wide receivers are going to be just like this. If you're watching via YouTube Live, I'm doing my up and down kind of roller coaster with my hand thing. I mean, everything is going to be just like this. But you know what? The one guy, if healthy, that you could, you should be able to lean on is a guy that's going to give you more of that even, productive feature that this team needs. That's necessary. That's where I begin right there. And I know, I know it's all about a business. And I know it's a business for Jonathan Taylor wanting to get paid, wanting to get paid more. I know it's a business for the Colts not wanting to pay him more to play out that final year of his contract. Man, but both, it is absolutely obvious, blatantly obvious that both need one another dearly here. You guys really think that the running backs we saw out there are going to be able to take the place of what Taylor would bring when healthy, for example, like he did the year before last? Now, again, I know that's a huge question and one I can't answer right now. Like, I'm on the side of believing that this thing is more of just kind of a hold-in than anything else. But there very, very well may be something wrong that we're not even getting to right now. But that's not my belief. My belief is that this is just kind of, all right, so this is how I'm going to be treated. All right, well, this is what we're going to do right here. This is going to be our blueprint here until further notice. To me, it looks more like a hold-in than anything else. But just his level of production. Man, help out this team. Help out this team. Give the fans a little bit more to cheer about, to be excited about. I mean, keep in mind, after six years of the ar architecture of this team and a different head coach and now the future of quarterback, you do have a lot to sell. I think you further expedite that entire process 
if you can somehow, some way come together with, even in the short term. But I would say the same thing about Jonathan Taylor. There's no better way to prove your worth right now than to help lift up this offense that heaven knows everybody in the NFL knows needs to be lifted. That is where I begin today. And we'll see if you begin the same way. Again, let me go ahead and tell you where we are. I'll get back to that coming up in a minute. We are off County Line Road. We're in Greenwood at Twin Peaks on a Monday. So we got your reaction regarding the Colts' loss to the Bills in the preseason. We'll do that coming up a little bit later on with your calls. I'll get to that, too. Got great deals going on down here. I've got the ice-cold beer ready to rock. A long week, two couple of days. We're going to be up at Colts Camp. We'll see you up there both Wednesday and Thursday. And then our fan golf outing at Back Nines coming at you on Friday. It is going to be a busy yet incredibly fun week to be in and around this show and this station. And we welcome you in. But, hey, if you're on the south side, you guys are often whining and crying about how we're never down here. Hold on a sec. Thank you very much. You're always saying, why don't you go to the south side? Hey, you know, you're from the south side. Why don't you go to the south side? Here we are on the south side. So come on out. Great food, ice cold beer. This is where we are. County line and Madison, if you will, here. And the great Twin Peaks. I believe we opened Twin Peaks up back in early June. So it is... What, in month number three, I think, right now in August? And uh, doing a great job. Great food here. Ice cold beer. We are out back, and we're actually looking out over County Line right now. So if you're driving by and you're going to get stuck at that light at County Line and Madison going eastbound, you can give us a honk or something because that's exactly where we are outside and waiting on what all of you have to say. Now, I know a lot of you want to say, okay, if there is something that happened on Saturday that surprised you and you thought that was for the better, what was it? I can't really put my finger exactly on it, but I will start right here. Like the offensive line, and I think it's fair for me to say Because last year it was so bad, and it led to bad. I think it's fair for me to say that this time around in Buffalo, to start the preseason, it looked a lot better. Now, we'll see if that's able to hold. We'll see if it's because of their new leadership with Tony Sperano Jr. We'll see if these guys are just different. That said, that group looked a lot better. Now, also that said that they still can't pick up short yardage for nothing. And that has been, well, really the bad history we have seen here recently. Now, I would say this, with Anthony Richardson able to get out and do some option work, I think at some point that's going to come together. No, no, there's no doubt. That pass that was picked off, and it's funny, man. So I, I made this point a little bit earlier today. Actually, check that. I made this point last night on Fox 59 with Chris Hagan. You guys remember the episode of the Brady Bunch when Peter wanted to go on this camping trip and they're playing basketball in the house and he throws the ball and it broke Carol's favorite vase. Remember that? You know, and, you know, mom always says don't play ball in the house, right? So they, they broke Carol's favorite vase and then everybody in the house owned it and lied about it. Everybody in the house said, yeah, you know what? I broke the face. No, I broke the face. Um, That's kind of what happened with this pick on Saturday. It's like everybody around owned it. (laughs) Like everybody was making sure that they were going to own it. 
Let's not put this one on the quarterback. I think it's okay to put it on the quarterback. I think, to me, he is okay to have that placed on him. Like Isaiah McKenzie with Lara Overton, he owned it after the game. Shane Steichen, he owned it. I'm assuming at some point that we did see Anthony Richardson owning it too, but, I mean, everybody was owning it. Everybody was owning it for the sake of the quarterback, uh, the quarterback's confidence. No, 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 no. Let him go through. That's okay. You don't want to see it, and the throw was terrible. He was trying to make something out of nothing. I think Stephen Holder had written this. We'll talk to him a little bit later on. He felt that maybe, maybe he was trying to throw it out of bounds and then realized he was still in the pocket and then came up short. I just think he made a really awful throw. And a throw that nine times out of ten you make as a quarterback of the NFL, that's going to be going in the other way, and then five times out of the ten it's going to be housed. So it is a throw you cannot make, and I think it's okay if the quarterback has to own that. Because it was him. Now, I know Reggie Wayne was mad at Isaiah McKenzie. But the quarterback's going to be the centerpiece here. And part of this growth is being able to learn from your mistakes. He seems like a really smart kid that's going to be able to learn from those mistakes. So let him own it. Let him own it. You don't have to completely cover this guy up inside a phone booth and make sure that you know, none of this negativity gets to him. I mean, that, that part is okay because I think everybody in the world noticed that. If you're watching the game, everybody in the world noticed that. But overall, overall, there are a lot of things. I mean, I really didn't notice too much, you know, secondary-wise. I guess it had some moments. You know, besides, I mentioned a little bit earlier, not, not setting the edge. That was a struggle, at least early on. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a year where you're going to, you're going to see a lot of mistakes happen. I just want to see some exciting football, and hopefully they're going to be able to compete. That's what I want to see. But I am not putting any lofty expectations after that when people go, I think they're going to win 9 and 10 and 11. I think they're going to surprise. I try to tell people to slow down. I mean, if you're enthusiastic about it, you're enthusiastic about it. But I do want people to end up slowing down on this. Because a lot of what you witnessed And here's the kicker to it. A lot of what you witnessed, especially from the quarterback position and offensively, is stuff that's just not going to be wound up in the preseason. It's stuff you're also going to see in the regular season. And I'm sorry, too. Here's the other point. If he started the game, which he did, and I know Gardner Minshew went six for six or whatever after, you know, the the previous, when he first got out there in that series, it was a mess. But then he went six for six. That's okay. Nobody cares. If you start preseason game one, you should start regular season game one. That's how it should be moving forward. And I know they still haven't answered that question. I wouldn't expect them until the start of the season to answer that question. But the answer should be obvious. That's exactly what you want to do, man. You want him in those situations against some of the ones and a couple of twos or however it was defensively for Buffalo. You want him to have to soak that up, appreciate that, 
You know, play off of confidently what he did well, play off of confidently what he didn't do well. You know, I heard Brian and Jimmy talking about this a little bit earlier. Well, you know, you know, a couple of those passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Like, listen, I don't care how the hell they got there, to be honest with you. I don't. As long as they got there. I want to see some completions. I want to see him come along to where ultimately we're going to see how different of a weapon he is, i.e. his legs. I didn't expect that at all. But, man, a couple of things that stood out. You know, in a game that was rocky as expected, but from Anthony Richardson, it was so much better. I don't care what anybody says, so much better than what we had to deal with with Matt Ryan to start the season a year ago. A guy can move around. That just makes everything different. He may end up throwing it to the other team, but a guy that can move around makes it different and more of a challenge for the opposition. When was the last time the Colts had somebody that can move around? And this is nothing against Phillip Rivers, who had an outstanding year. And honestly, there were some moments even when, you know, Wentz, during that season, had some strong moments. Now, when he moved around, you know, sometimes he would make some horrendous decisions. But last year was just an absolute mess. It was a circus. That's the one thing that stood out to me. And just, you got an athletically gifted quarterback. Now it's time for this group to make something out of that. And you can't make something out of that when he's playing against the third and the fourth string guys. Put him out there and let him take his lumps. And then one of these days, if he is what you guys believe he is, then he transforms into that type of quarterback. I don't know if he's ever going to be anybody that's going to deliver it consistently within that, that catch window. But he looks like a dude that's going to be able to make some things exciting. Right now, give the guy a little bit of help. Give the guy a little bit of help. Two sides come together. That's the one obvious thing, once again, that stood out. It's just how necessary Jonathan Taylor is with this group. And not in terms of winning and losing. In terms of growth, in terms of competition, in terms of challenge. And really, that's what's most important right now. And you can't have it both ways. I mean, what else are you trying to grow here? Do you guys really think what they have outside of Jonathan Taylor? I mean, even if, when Zach Moss one of these days comes back from this broken arm, this is just different, provided he's healthy. That was the one thing that stood out to me more than anything else on Saturday was how missing a piece that was and will be. And all that does is sidetrack the growth of a guy that you want to see growing, hopefully sooner rather than later. All right, we'll get to that at 239-1070. Email address is jmv1075thefan.com. Again, we're in Greenwood today off of County Line Road. We're at Twin Peaks. I've got the ice-cold beer here. You should join us, too. we got Stephen Holder of ESPN.com coming up. Jake Query of the morning show. One final week of the morning show for Jake Query, and then Jake moves off to the midday from noon until 3. And then Andy Sweeney flies in here from Louisville, and takes over the morning gig along with Kevin and Bowen. And uh, did I say Kevin and Bowen? Yes. Sounds like I got three going there. Along with Kevin Bowen and Mark Dykton, I guess you could say three. And that is going to be 
the new morning show. So this is the final week of the fan morning show right now. I think we'll talk to Andy. I think Andy's going to be around for our golf outing on Friday, so we'll get Andy. I have met Andy, I think, a couple of times, most notably in Houston at the Final Four. He's a good dude. I think you'll like Andy a great deal. Hold on. So Andy Sweeney will be in here next week, a part of the uh, new fan morning show. Along with Kevin Bowen, and then Jake moves to the midday. Jake's going to join us a little bit later on. I mentioned Stephen Holder also a little bit later on. James, before I hit a break, we have Jim Ursay Collection or Jim Ursay Experience Band tickets to give away. And let me add something that was just announced earlier today, along with Peter Wolf, along with, I believe, Stephen Stills is a part of this, um, along with Ann Wilson of Heart. John Mellencamp. John Mellencamp is going to be at Farm Aid coming up in September at Ruoff. John Mellencamp is going to be a part of the Jim Mercy Collection Band coming up in September. That was announced earlier today. We have those tickets and what else, James? Uh, we have Hoosier Hardwood Festival on air giveaway to give away today. What is that exactly? Hoosier Hardwood Festival. Is that where they cut trees and things? Logging? Uh, I'm trying to look at it. it they get a really chainsaw say. out? Is it like a chainsaw? Is it going to skin your blank raw? That's a Limp Biscuit reference right there. Did you get that, James? You Limp Biscuit guy? I'm not a Limp Biscuit no? guy. No. All right. So that's what we got. We got the Hardwood Fest to give away. Look, I'm waving at somebody in a Jeep. How are you guys doing? It's good to see you. Hey, honk that Jeep horn at me, would you? Let's hear it. All right. Well, I'm, you're waving at me. Honk that Jeep horn. Honk it. Did they honk it? I just can't hear a damn thing, you know what? I'm sorry, you guys in the Jeep. I can hear nothing. <laughs> it's terrible. County Light Roads, our location. We're at Twin Peaks. I'd love to see you here. The ice cold beer is flowing. They have great food, and we've got a lot to talk about. 239-1070 with you coming up on the other side. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, we're up and running too. HD Radio, the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Don't go away. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts right there. Do you want to get funky with me by CNC Music Factory? James, back at the studio, may have been the play there. Uh, you guys are asking inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Behind me is Bubbles. Wave at everybody, Bubbles. This is Bubbles. We're outside on the deck off of County Line Road at Twin Peaks. But Bubbles has a football right there. I know, James, I got my phone turned up there. Uh, it's the only thing I can ever hear. Wave at everybody, Bubbles. Thank you very much. Come out and see us, too. Ice cold beer, great food right here at Twin Peaks. We are inside the lounge via YouTube Live. We'll get to your calls coming up in just a bit. That was Jake Funk with the touchdown. And we were talking regarding Jonathan Taylor a little bit earlier about what I believe is a tremendous necessity right here. Now, again, if healthy, 
And I also look at it as, you know, giving you maybe not certainly of what he did completely the year before last, but what you would expect consistently giving you that offense. He's clearly the best offensive player on this team. And it does nobody any good whatsoever to be jacking around like this. It just doesn't. Doesn't do anybody any good. Doesn't even do you guys any good. Now, again, if healthy, if there's nothing else going on behind the scenes, you know where I stand regarding this right now. But it doesn't do anybody one damn bit of good. And certainly not the Colts or Jonathan Taylor. I'm sorry. This whole thing is silly. It is just silly. Josh writes this, hey, JMV, JT couldn't run last year, though. How many 40 or 50-yard games did he have? I thought that Jackson looked good. I thought that Jonathan Taylor looked pedestrian a year ago. Yeah, I mean, he was getting through injuries last year, too. That's why I say and maintain a healthy Jonathan Taylor. Are you guys just thinking he's done right now? You think he's toast? And again, that also coincides with my stance is that I think that this is a hold-in. PUP hold in, got to find a way to make sure if I don't play for the team that I have said that I want traded from and where the owner has said he will not trade me, I want to make sure I get paid and I don't get fined from this. Now, we'll see when the doctors clear him what happens when he goes back to practice. I'm sorry, it is just blatantly obvious the need right here. Is it not? Hey, JMV, this is from Matt. This may be comparing apples to oranges considering Manny's experiences and line, lineage, but how good was his rookie season? He threw a ton of interceptions. You know what? As it turns out, you look, nobody cares. I, and I don't care about what took place on Saturday. You know, people thought, oh, you're just so negative. How can you say this game was a mess? At the beginning, it was a mess in all phases. It was an absolute mess. But it's what I expected. It's what you should expect. I just think the growth of the quarterback, which is the major focus here, the main focus, comes much easier if he has a go-to in the backfield. I mean, all of this stuff, I mean, really both sides, doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, Lord Nelson writes this, Pierce makes that TD catch, and we're talking about Anthony Richardson having the best debut of the quarterback class. Well, really, that's all you had to do was do anything, and you would have the best debut of the quarterback's class other than Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders. But I will tell you this, Lord Nelson, you're right about that, but I look at that as the ball was delivered. Then it's up to Alec Pierce. So I kind of look at that, and nobody's putting up six for it. No points are scored. It comes as an incompletion. But I look at that as a good ball thrown. But I also look at that interception as a bad one, and you have to look at it that way. I mean, honestly, after that interception, and I don't care if we're talking about completions behind the line of scrimmage or whatever BS model that might be. I don't care. There were completions. And if you watched, 
you felt compelled to suggest that he looked more comfortable in what he was doing after that pick. That's what you want. That's what you want because the mistakes are going to be there. You want to see how he responds to mistakes, and then you want to see him take away or eliminate at some point those mistakes. That is all a part of the growth. Now, I'm just going, I didn't even watch, I'm trying to think if I watched, I didn't watch Stroud, I just looked at the numbers, I didn't watch, you know, Young, I just looked at the numbers, you know, Levis, I think maybe a couple of pass plays, that final, that pick he threw, uh, when they were trying to get down the field on the Bears, I watched that. Like, you don't know, well, you see DJ Moore and, and Justin Fields, and then Bears fans are proclaiming this greatness right here. Okay, proclaim it. But again, that is different than what we have working here. And what we have working here is you want to see this guy be able to play off of others, build some confidence, and become more consistent, as he talked about on Friday, and eliminate mistakes. But now, as far as Alec Pierce is concerned, I gave him that one. No, it's not going to show up in the official stats. But I mean, hell, you couldn't throw the ball any better. And that's something that Alec Pierce has to work on, too, because we have memories of that a year ago. That's why when I talk about Taylor and you think it's just like me in love with a running back, it's not. I want to be in love with guys that can help this quarterback out by making plays. As I mentioned in the segment, number one, that Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce, they are going to earn their worth because it is not likely that may be the only just incredibly right there in his hands pass, maybe one out of every five or six that Alec Pierce is going to get from the rookie quarterback. So, my God, you got to take advantage of that. I don't care if it's a preseason game, regular season game, in the backyard. you got to take care of that. I mean, this is all working for And I know everybody hates it because it's the start of the season and you're riding them off. They're still going to play these games. But let's face it, what you really look at as far as what is of value of this season is making sure that you selected the right long-term quarterback. And how do you reaffirm that from drafting in April to where you are moving forward in this season? He shows you those signs. And it's not going to be consistent, but he shows you those signs. These other guys have to help him out. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. had one, too. I mean, if you get your fingers anywhere near it, you got to bring it in. And it looked, the, the, the interception, and I know everybody kind of owned that. I mentioned that earlier, too. Isaiah McKenzie said, yeah, that was on me, Talera Overton, and then Shane Steichen, you know, owned it after the game. It was a horrendous throw. <laughs> That's what it was. And it's okay. It's okay if he says it. It's okay if you describe it that way. He threw it right to the defense, right to them. Horrendous throw. Horrendous decision. Honestly, how often throws like that where you're off your back foot, you know, under a little rush right here, how often is that going to work out of the NFL? Not very. That's okay if he owns that. It's okay if he knows that was a mistake. You're going to have to get a lot of stronger play around him. We'll see if this offensive line, and again, 
I know everybody's going to say, well, it's just a preseason, so you know, how are you going to really judge them? And I just mentioned last year, you can judge them because they were horrible in the preseason, horrible in the regular season. You know, maybe this is a significant change of pace. You know, the one thing you're going to have to find, and this is going to be the struggle, everybody. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here, easy for you to sit there and say, yeah, you're going to have to end up finding some support, some guys that can come in. Because I know that they stayed, you know, relatively healthy from what we saw a year ago. But that's not always going to be the case. And right now, I mean, the moment you go to that bench is the moment where you lose any confidence whatsoever that you had in that game on Saturday. But the problem that you're going to have is easier said than done. I mean, you look around the NFL, these guys are all looking. And that type of depth, it just isn't there. And I, I guess that's also what is really more confusing than anything else. I guess maybe it's not confusing considering many of the misses that we have seen decision-making-wise for this team. You know, that was such a core value of Chris Ballard coming in here and then growing this team. You know, making sure that you have depth and certainly depth on the offensive line, and they don't have any of that right now. Starters look much better. But again, that's to be expected. The unexpected was that clown show that you got from that group a year ago. But when you're asking about depth and can they find depth, yeah, I don't know where that's going to be because there's just not a lot of depth in the NFL going on right now. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Hold the phone. Ice cold beer drink break. Off of County Line Road, Twin Peaks, ice cold beer in hand, looking for you. Great food. The menu is out here right now. You can ask for bubbles, just like we have bubbles out here serving. Ashley, the manager, is here. Chris has been awesome also. Very cool Monday at Twin Peaks on the south side in Greenwood. I'd love to see you when you get off of work. Otherwise, if you guys want to get in with some calls, we can do that coming up on the other side. Your thoughts on that first preseason game, that loss in Buffalo at 239-1070. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with you next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Matt Taylor with the call. Joe Wrights with the grunt. Colts Radio Network. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Outside, we overlook County Line Road here in Greenwood at Twin Peaks. I would love to see you join us. Great food. Incredibly cold beer right now. As you can see inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I am taking part in that. A little beer drinking going on on a Monday, and there is nothing wrong with it. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, where. <laughs> <laughs> the chats are always much different than the ones we're having on the air. James mentioned this to me during the break, that whomever's on, I don't even know who the hell it is before Kevin and Jake come on at 7, had already mentioned that Anthony Richardson is a bust. It, I don't know where you sit as far as this. I mean, maybe you're out there believing you know, because of how he looked at Florida and how there's just not a lot to go on, certainly not a great deal positive to go on. 
and you're thinking this is all about the athleticism level right here and the fact that the ball placement hasn't been and you don't expect it ever to be really what you want it to be. Um, I will say this. I'm just going to watch the dude grow and see what happens. There is zero way you can take and make any definitive answer about his play coming out of preseason game one. I will say this, though. The one definitive is this. Two sides come together. If he's healthy, get, get your number one offensive weapon in there with your future long-term quarterback that's inexperienced right now and Anthony Richardson. Just do that. Can you guys not do that? And really, I, I've said both sides. What an absolute chance to prove your worth right now if you're Jonathan Taylor, if you're healthy. And I'm sorry, I don't care who you I don't care if it's Shane Steichen. I don't care if it's Chris Ballard. I don't care if it's Ed Dye. I don't care if it's the owner. I don't care. You need that dude. You need him. You need him. Now, he's under contract. Is there not a way, though, that you can massage this because you recognize now that you need him? Can you massage the situation a little bit more than you are right now? Instead of starting it with tweets? You know, instead of you know, a visit to the RV? Instead of leaked information about, hey, you know what? If you're not ready to go right here and you're injured, maybe it was an off-site, non-football-related injury. Can you stop this back and forth, this bickering, and come together for what is best for the team right now, certainly the quarterback right now, and what the hell? How about the fan base? How about the fan base? What about you guys? What about you guys? You can't tell me that... This quarterback needs the most offensive help possible. And then, with that same mouth of yours, ultimately tell me that, well, you know, anybody can do this. Anybody. You don't necessarily need him. You cannot do it. That's the only thing definitive right here. 239-1070 is the number. Let's get David on before we hit a break. David, hello. Hey, hey, John, uh, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying about the inconsistencies. I'm an old dude, and I can remember Peyton's first uh, preseason mm-hmm. game. I think he threw a touchdown with his first pass, but then he did lead the league. I think it's still a record with interceptions in his career uh, for the first year. So, you know, I think we'll have good, we'll have bad, just get used to it. No, and, and that's what you might as well get used to. By the way, Peach is inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'm not looking to overpay. I'm looking to satisfy in the present. I'm looking to satisfy in the now. I know this to be true. I know the Colts don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor. I know they want him to play out the rest of his deal. I'm just asking if you couldn't massage this year somehow, some way, to make the two sides come together and you give this guy a little bit of help. Now, again, all this is predicated on, on health. Yes, James. Did you say something to me? I did not. No, you didn't? I thought you came on the air. Am I just hearing things now? Do I have voices in my head? I know it wasn't Devin because Devin's eating. Hey, we're at Twin Peaks. Let me take a break and we'll come back. Nah, I'm not suggesting they overpay for running back. I'm suggesting they, in the present, get two sides together and help out their youthful, inexperienced quarterback. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? What's wrong with trying to get this thing going? 
The sirens are happening. Oh, my goodness. See? Come on. All right, quick break. We'll come back. I believe it's Jake Query on the other side. Stephen Holder still to come. The Hardwood Fest, I have tickets for that. I could take that a variety of ways, but it sounds like a fun time. And the Jim Irsay Collection Band has just announced Melon Camp in September will be a part. Got tickets for you for that coming up, too. 93.5107.5 The Fab. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts right there. Former Colts offensive lineman Joe Wright to the radio booth at a grunt. Yeah. Love it, Joe. Welcome back. Twin Peaks Hour 2 in Greenwood. Thank you for joining us. And Twin Peaks, an awesome place down off of County Line Road. We'd love to see you here before the end of the show. Ice cold beer and great food from scratch is what they have here at Twin Peaks. Colts lose, by the way, in Buffalo in preseason game one. The Bears coming at you on Saturday evening uh, downtown at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm assuming here that we're going to have from four until six the Colts pregame huddle from Touchdown Town. That's my assumption. And then at 7 o'clock, of course, you're going to have the kick of that game. It's going to coincide with JMV Takeover. That's a very exciting Saturday night for you right there. Zach Martin, by the way, has agreed to a deal. The Cowboys have reworked his contract to his satisfaction. That's all I'm asking. Like, Davis had mentioned this to me via an instant message. And it's absolutely right. He's still under contract. All I'm asking is, if healthy, can you not massage the situation? Because you can't sit here and tell me that he is not necessary with this group. Not for a Super Bowl, not for the postseason, not for winning the division, but necessary for the growth, the expedited growth of the inexperienced quarterback. If you saw nothing that was definitive to your eyeballs, this past Saturday, was that not it? That's all I'm asking. And I'm sure that there are a lot of reasons why not. This whole situation has been contentious. Didn't have to really be that way. It started from an Ursay angle that way. But you can't tell me that's not necessary. I mean, look how staunch in this situation Jerry Jones was at the very beginning. A guard? I'm not going to pay a guard. What are you doing? Ugh, ugh. <laughs> At some point, you just got to realize, and Dallas is in a much different situation right there. Much different situation in terms of what people value and expect out of winning from that team this year. I just think that you need help from Jonathan Taylor. And again, if he is healthy, seems like it'd be fruitful for both sides to come together, maybe massage the situation just a little bit. All right. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you guys are there, I thank you. Got stuff to give away, including the Hoosier Hardwood Festival. That's about chainsaws and stuff. 
We still make home lights, still make a chainsaw. I used to have a home light chainsaw in the 80s, home light. Yeah, the Hoosier Hardwood Festival tickets. And we have Jim Irsay collection band for what is going to be a great show coming up at Lucas Oil Stadium in September. John Mellencamp has just been added to that bill as well. So your chance to win that coming up a little bit later on. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he is a short timer for the morning show. At the end of this week, he is off to do the middays from noon until 3. He is a longtime friend of this show. Had a busy weekend out at IMS with all the racing going on. Jake Query joins us. Hello, Jake. John, my first question is, is it going to be mm-hmm. new experience for you? In the, and I know you're on location a lot. And who wouldn't want to be on location at Twin Peaks? Because literally you can see like small chunks of ice in the beer. It is so cold there. Yes. Um, but is it going to be a unique experience for you at three o'clock when you go are going in the studio, but not have to like repath yourself going in so that like as I'm leaving, <laughs> will that be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I've told this story before. Um, how long have I been there now? Uh, fourteen going on. Uh, going to be fourteen years. I've been there. And we started, when I first started, we had, and this was the bosses then, and David Wood was a part of this, I believe, at the very early stages, we had a crosstalk built in between me and Dan, and that lasted two days. (laughs) Literally. That lasted two days of crosstalk. Two days of crosstalk, and uh, I think we kind of got into it on a debate, and that was that. Two days. So So I'm assuming our crosstalk will last much longer than that. So if I make it to Wednesday, I'm a step ahead of the game. <laughs> yes. Two days. I'm serious. Two days. I think we both said, to hell with this. I'm not doing this. And that was that. So, true Fair story. Enough. Fair enough. Well, I look forward to it. <laughs> nah, man. It's going to be exciting. Congratulations to you on that. And I know Jimmy, Jimmy Cook, who is incredibly worthy, too, is going to be a part of your show a great deal as well. And then Candy, or I should say uh, Kevin Bowen, gets uh, Andy Sweeney from Louisville to start the uh, new morning show coming up this time next week. So everything is incredibly exciting. Did you get a feeling of excitement out at IMS for the two days you were out there? And I mean, out there a lot. You know, yeah, Saturday was a long day. I mean, it was fun, but just the weather-wise, it was a long day. The weather, the the rain, and then it was sunny and it was hot. I'll say this. I thought the race in particular, the IndyCar race, the end of it between Dixon and Rahal was really good. I mean, like I thought Graham Rahal, Graham, poor Graham Rahal ran a flawless race and they had a great, you know, everything. He did everything that he could do, but Scott Dixon just had, as always is the case, Mike Cole pulled the right strategy and Scott Dixon got up front and, and then it just became, so that last 10 laps was exciting to watch Graham try to reel him in. But to your point, I mean, the bigger picture obviously would be the fact that you know, I was asking somebody the other day, I mean, the two things to me that are just almost impossible to explain to somebody who hasn't been around what the media coverage and the interest level and the local a- angle of it for two events, let's say from 1998 to today, the NFL combine 25 years ago was literally like you went down and you tried to get a quick five-second sound bite from some coach in the Omni lobby because that was as close as you could get to it. And 90% of people didn't even realize it was here in Indy. And now it's like a national, nonstop, you know, media coverage. It's a convention. 
basically. And then on the other side of that, you know, the Brickyard with an NASCAR weekend in August at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway had all eyes of the country here and a quarter of a million people and events all week long and the RCA done being rented out by Dodge. And, you know, now it's obviously gotten down to an esoteric event for race fans and for fans of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I, You know, yesterday was a good race because it was clean. I thought there was some good racing, like probably mid-pack back. But, again, they've got to figure out, you know, from a road course standpoint, I think they are probably going back to the Oval next year. It's certainly being explored. There's no secret about that. Does that reinvigorate? And do you have to every four or five years kind of pump juice into it? You know, I'm not certain. I, I don't know what the exact answer is. Um, but it was a good weekend in terms of the weather. The crowd was better than I anticipated. I will admit that. So I guess in that respect, it was good, too. So I did not know this until I was actually watching it yesterday. Would we describe Jensen Button as like the spin doctors and what happened to them from the 90s until now? God, Is that Jensen I, Button? I was thinking about this. I mean, John, I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, he was a Formula One world champion. He was. Formula One world champion. And, and then you know, yesterday, he was a back marker. He was a back marker in NASCAR. It was weird. So it's almost like when you hit big with Little Miss Can't Be Wrong and Two Princes, and then to now. That's what that reminded me of, the spin doctors. I mean, you're not lying. I, you know, then again, I mean, I remember watching Jacques Bildev run at the back on the oval, on the oval in a mm-hmm. stock car. So you know, I think right. the difference, I will say this. I mean, obviously, Jensen Button and Jacques Bildev were at the end of their careers at this point, right? Dario Franchitti once said to me, and I'm sure I've repeated it to you, but I think it's interesting. When Franchitti went over to NASCAR, I asked him after the fact once. I said, hey, what was that like? You know, I mean, he got hurt, so he didn't really get his his footing underneath him. But Franchitti said, man, it literally was like going from driving a Corvette every day to driving a school bus. It's Yes, it's four (laughs) wheels and a steering wheel, but it's just totally different. Everything about it is different. And, and I, you know, I, I think it's really difficult for any driver to just get in one of those if you're not used to the weight of a stock car. It's a totally different animal. But it is fascinating, to your point. I mean, I was watching yesterday, and I thought, wait a minute. Like, Jensen Button, like, the last time that he would have been here would have been, like, in the – I'm sure he ran yeah. the U.S. Grand Prix and, like – probably had to have like a different you know an alias where he checked in at the conrad and now i think he's staying at like a night's in in crawfordsville you know what i mean <laughs> yeah the night's in there at harding in 69 and 465 right i said what, what, what's a what's what's upon a time like tony donnie and i looked at the reviews and they said my room had blood on the floor <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful. room had blood on the floor. That's a good one right there. No, but it's what I thought about yesterday. I didn't even know he was in it. And then all of a sudden, and they barely mentioned him. Oh, by the way, there's Jensen Button. You know, and they just yeah. went on. It was weird. You know, I will say this, and I've mentioned this to you also probably 20 times. I think I mentioned this to you like three or four weeks ago. Cause it, I, sometimes it's hard for me, John, my apologies to remember if it's this, like mm-hmm. with you or the mornings when I mentioned stuff. There's a fascinating youtube video and it's, it's like a vhs tape that just some guy taped in like 1989 and it's literally like the 12 and under or 13 and under go-karting championships of some rural area of england and it's the championship round and it's mark taylor who later drove an indy car 
Jay Howard, Dan Weldon, Justin Wilson, and Jensen Button. Those are like five of the like 12 drivers in this like 12-year-old go-karting competition. It's fascinating. Yeah. That is but pretty cool right there. Jay Query. Next minute yeah. you're running NASCAR. Now, you know, I, I guess that, you know, if you made all that money, you can afford to go blank around a little bit. Totally. So, you know. I mean, you know what? Well, that's, like, that's a cool part of it. get it, right? You know. Yeah. It just seems like if you wanted to do that, it'd be great if you could do it. That's why so many of these guys end up missing the mark. They're not able. Like one of these days, you think one of these days we'll see Lewis Hamilton like in this? <laughs> I mean, it just, it is weird. It is just I really odd. It. It, you know, but the same thing is true, though, John. I think it's true for all of us, right? Like, I mean, there have been times where I have stepped out of my comfort zone to do something that probably wasn't necessarily on par with what I'd done for a long time. But it's like, yeah, I want to try something different or I want to see if I can do it or I want to just be able to say I checked that box. I, you know, I don't know that that's the case. Surely Jensen Button had to know going into it that he was not going to be running like towards the front. But, you know, running on a road course, at a, and it's not like they were – you know, I mean, Indianapolis road course, sure, it's not it's not the IMS Oval, but it's still, I mean, he's, you know, he's familiar with it. So, and it's a, it's a, it's still a hallowed ground at the end of the, at the end of the day. So, yeah, I get it, but you're right. I mean, it was, you know, Kevin Harvick's another one. I mean, yesterday, like halfway through the race, I'm looking down and I'm calling the race. I was an oval turn two. So like that's turns 10 of the road course. And every once in a while you see a car, like when you're calling a race, you know, you know that you've got to pay attention to like the t- like it's for me. It's interesting with NASCAR because I don't normally call NASCAR, right? So my eye doesn't have the automatic like if I'm calling an IndyCar race and a car like give me a number off the top of your head, John, right now. Just give me a number. Six. Okay, so car number like if I'm sitting there calling an IndyCar race and car number six goes by, like you yeah. know, in years past I see six. I'm like Sam Hornish and the team Penske, you know, whatever. Like your your, your eye just automatically catches it. And, you know, now I'd see six and I'm like, Felix Rosenquist, you know, the Arrow McLaren, you know, the, the light blue with the, the papaya orange. In, in NASCAR, I'm not as familiar with that. So I know I've got to pay attention to like the top six or eight cars and, and just always yeah. be aware of who's running in that top six or eight. Midway through the race, there was a car, like kind of a back marker that was holding somebody up. And I looked down and I'm like, number one, I'm like, man, is that Kevin Harvick? And I'm like, I, we didn't see Kevin. You know, Kevin Harvick is one of the, I mean, how they gave him a, you know, they honored him before the race for his contributions to the Speedway. He's been one of the great drivers out there. Man, Father Time's undefeated, right? I mean, it happens to all of us. Hey, I got a question for you. Jay Query joins us, and then I'll get on to the Colts and Buffalo from Saturday. Um, what are the comparisons? And this is not how I feel. I guess I'm indifferent. But Bill Elliott is a guy that is universally loved. And then most racing fans think his son's a crank. Is there a comparison modern day to that or maybe from the past where, hey, that guy's dad is awesome and his son's kind of a crank? Boy, there's got to be, right? Um, I feel like there's one that's like right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Ken Griffey? But I don't know. Was Ken Griffey beloved, though? I think most people Um, think Ken Griffey Jr. I think so. I think so. I mean, most, was he not? I believe most Reds yeah. fans think King Griffey Jr. was a was a, a diva horses blank, right? But they love right. King Griffey. Um, that's a really good. That's I mean, a really what good about question. what about uh, 
What about uh, Wolfgang Van Halen? Does everybody love him? <laughs> You're right. His <laughs> father's absolutely worshipped, right? Yeah. I mean, even no longer with us worshipped. Yeah, I don't know. How does everybody feel about Wolfgang? They like him, Wolfie? They like his mom. Yeah. Right? I still, I had a huge crush. One day at a time style right there. I love you, you Barbara Cooper. I did. Barbara, I love me some Babs Cooper. I, man, I feel like there's like an obvious one here, right? Well, I'm sure there is, and I'll probably get him inside the lounge via YouTube Live or via Twitter. It just occurred to me because, you know, I was thinking about this. I was, I was mowing yesterday, and it just kept occurring to me, Awesome Bill from Dawsonville was one of the better nicknames of all time. And Bill Elliott was so just incredibly dominant in the 1980s. You know, Bill Elliott, Bill Elliott, everybody loved him, and it seems like, while Chase Elliott is incredibly talented, that people find reasons why they want to hate him. And I don't know if that's within good reason or if that's just people being cranks themselves, but it kind of feels that way. Okay, I'll give you two in open wheel racing. Mm-hmm. And, and I love, I like both these guys a great deal. But Marco Andretti, I think Michael Andretti, probably a better one would be Michael and Mario, see, right? But see, people didn't like Mario. I mean, people, Mario no, right. like had to, had to retire before people liked him. That, that's, that's fair. Um, okay, what about – and I love Graham Rayall, but he's pretty polarizing. There are a lot of people that, that don't like Graham. And Bobby, I think, was right. pretty well that's liked. That's a good right? one. Th- that's, a good, that's a good one in terms of IndyCar right there is, but I'll tell is you how what, some man. feel of Graham. Yeah. And listen, and I, it's not my job. My job is to be objective. But I'll tell you this. Um, on numerous occasions, I've gotten to see Graham Rahal's generosity and his loyalty and his heart to people, not to me, but just to people in general. Yeah. Um, and I will always, I will run through a wall for Graham Rahal. But, so I'm probably a bad example on that. But I know that there are people that, that think that he's, you know, that he's Bobby Rahal's kid. Right. No, it just it, it occurred to me with, with Chase Elliott in mind. Because I, I don't know, does Bill Elliott have uh, somebody that's not a fan? I mean, at all? Does he have anybody that doesn't like? Seems like everybody universally right. loves he, him, he, and he for the most part, they just like his son. So, yeah, no doubt he was a beloved figure. Who knows? I, so Jake Query is with us. All right, here's the one thing, and there was nothing definitive. I thought that Saturday went for the Colts exactly how I expected, especially in terms of the quarterback. We'll dive into that in a second. But are you with me on this? Is it? This hard, and again, if healthy, to understand how stinking necessary Jonathan Taylor is to this team right now and for the growth of this quarterback right now. And I thought that that was magnified on Saturday. And I I don't – there must be something else completely unknown to me going on as to why this situation in some form or fashion could not be massaged and at least for a year – the final year of a contract, make this dude happy to get him out of his hold-in or whatever it is and back on the field because he is necessary for this team now and the growth. And I thought that that was magnified on Saturday. What say you? Here's the problem. I don't disagree, but where you and I do disagree a little bit, I think, is he is necessary towards the, the growth of Anthony Richardson. Agreed. Okay? But He would be necessary towards their improvement to win games this year. Also agreed. But the second one, I don't think is of interest to them. 
I don't think they're worried about that. I mean, sure, they don't want to go out and go 0 and 17. But for the Colts this year, it's all about one thing, and that is the improvement of Anthony Richardson. And if I'm Jonathan sure. Taylor, I'm saying, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm saying, look, I want to be the best running back to win games and make money. I'm not worried about developing a young quarterback that is going to hit his prime by the time they've shipped me up elsewhere. Like, if I'm Taylor, I'm looking at it going, look, I put myself in position to hit my second contract with a team that you told me I was going to have a a solid quarterback play where we were going to make our push here. And instead, you're asking me to begin my second contract, A, for not as much money as I want, and B, as part of a rebuild. It's not what I want. It's not what I want to do. So I think that's where the divide happened. Yeah, and again, that's why I have to remind everybody every time. I do realize that maybe there is a significant health issue going. I, I just, I, I just sitting here right now, I don't quite believe that. I think it's more of a a hold in in what we see from him right now than it is anything else. But I, I just, for the life of me, I don't like Zach Martin. I said this before you came on. They reworked his deal to make him happy right now. And you would have thought that, you know, Jerry Jones, they were going to be, you know, taking money out of his couch cushions, you know, to give directly to to a guard. And he was so offended by that. But they came together. Different situation. But, but here, because obviously okay, me, they have different challenges my, and expectations. Yeah. Here, here's my thinking on it. Okay. So let me ask you two questions. Mm-hmm. The first, how many seasons do you think it will be before Anthony Richardson is is ready to be like turn three. up the wick, let him loose, fully three. confident. Has three. Okay. How many seasons yeah. do you think Jonathan Taylor has left in him as an elite running back? Um, at least two. Is that fair? Okay, that's fair. So, you know, it, but, but this is up. also the price you pay when you build this thing bass backwards. Like Chris Ballard has done. So what I'm saying to you is, I mean, this is the what price I'm saying that you is pay. we just proved the point that the timelines don't add up. Because if you're Jonathan mm. Taylor, you're saying, I got three mm. years left. By your, by your standard, two, but I'll say three, two to three years left of, of elite level play. And you're asking me to do that with a guy that's not even be ready to go full throttle. So I'd rather go somewhere right now where I can win because I've only got two, I've only got, you know, NFL standards, I got two to three years left. So. So I'm going to do what I can to force them to ship me out. I don't think it's going to work, but I think that's what he's trying to do. I'll ask you this. Could be completely wrong. I mean, it's just the way it is, the nature of the running back position. But if you wanted to create the most value possible in getting a new deal, helping out this team, and just to completely hit over the head obvious need at running back, would you not do that? if you're Jonathan Taylor, if you were healthy and able. And again, you look at the Colts and how much of a need this is for them. I I just, if what we know on the surface of all this is accurate, and let's just say, for example, there's, there's nothing more to go on here. This seems so incredibly silly to me. This is so silly for where the Colts are and what they need and for where Jonathan Taylor is and what he needs, how he needs to add to his value, how the Colts need somebody to help out, you know, the value and the evolution of their quarterback. This is also incredibly silly to me. 
John, I hate to sit here and play both sides because it doesn't make for great radio. But I 100% understand where Jonathan Taylor's frustration is. But I 150% understand why, for the Colts, that's not necessarily their problem. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the Colts are like, hey, you're under contract. You're getting paid. It's a contract you agreed to and signed to. If you don't like it, then, and I, you know, I think they probably – at this point, I don't know that they tag him, actually, but I would have thought for sure they were going to tag him, assuming everything was copacetic. But as it stands right now, I understand it. I understand why Jonathan Taylor would say, look, I'd rather go right now to Buffalo or to, you know, insert name of team that's, a, that, that's real close and on the cusp, you know, the, the Chargers or the Lions or, you know, whatever some team that, that looks like they're ready to make, to make the next step. I get it. I would not want to be part of a rebuild. And the Colts are in a rebuild. I, I totally get it. But at the same time, if I'm the Colts, I'm saying, look. But but Kevin Bowen has made this point every morning for like two months now, and it's a great point. And and it is, if the quarter if the running back is a position that you don't value enough to sign to big second contracts, then don't burn a second round pick on them. And that's a fair point. No, and, and that's that's what I talked about. This whole thing has been built backwards. I mean, normally you build around the quarterback and build out that way, and now you're building around the quarterback from inside out, and yeah, and you're doing things differently for Taylor than you did for you know equally uneventful positions as far as what is necessary on this team. So, and I just I don't think, and certainly this game Saturday didn't change my mind. I just don't think there's anything more obvious about what has gone down then this guy's going to need help. I mean, he's going to need help. You talk about earning your money, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, because these balls aren't going to be easily thrown into catchable windows here. They're going to have to stretch and make some incredible catches. And you know what else? Every time one goes off their fingertips, even if it's close to incredibly uncatchable, we're all going to say, well, it touched their hands, touched their fingers. They should have caught it because you want so badly to help out a quarterback that his biggest uh, lack of quality he has as a rookie is his accuracy. I mean, it's, these guys are going to have that on their shoulders all season long. I, and I just – look, they have two guys that can probably get behind the defense and get themselves open. But I, I still maintain, like, tight ends are going to be important for him. He's got to get court, He's got to get some receivers that can allow him to get in rhythm. You know, it's like, John, you played a lot of basketball. You know. Back when you were a kid and you'd be playing 21 with your buddies or if you're playing horse, whatever it might be, if your shot's just not falling, you get yourself to the free throw line and, and go with the higher percentage shots just to get yourself in rhythm. And then you start going for the long threes. And Anthony Richardson's like the other way around. Like he comes out and he's ready to fire from Steph Curry range, but it's the short rhythm ones that, that he has problems with. He's got to get those under yeah. his belt and get those before he can then move outward. You know, it's funny about that too, Jake, in closing, that those those big plays, like the touch he put on that, that ball to Alec Pierce, that's what's going to keep Colts fans interested and wanting to see more. You know what I mean? It's not like you're yeah. just throwing these dinks and dunks, but you know, they're going to want to see him in those situations. That brings a level of excitement that also is going to be necessary in this season that expectation-wise is just not – going to be ultimately what Colts fans want. All right, you guys are at Colts camp tomorrow. I'm there Wednesday and Thursday. What you guys doing tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we've got I, I, 
I think they said Kylan Grant is going to come by and join us in the probably before eight o'clock. And then, you right. know, obviously we're on site. And then actually Andy Sweeney, who you'll hear more from starting on Monday because he's going to be filling in with, you know, taking over with Kevin um, and doing the morning show with him. Uh, he will be joining us at 9 o'clock. So kind of an introduction of Andy as well so people can get to know who it is that they're going to be listening to before, um, you know, hopefully then they listen for me to, to me from 12 to 3 with Jimmy Cook and then you 3 to 7 next week. Some crosstalk. And I bet you our crosstalk will last more than two days. Three to six. Yeah. I'm not trying to Our, our crosstalk right. will, will last more than two days. <laughs> Come Wednesday, we're starting a nine-year <laughs> mute session. <laughs> I, I thought – I was trying to think what it was about, but I think um, – I, I think I laughed at something that I thought was funny when it was said. And I think Dan took uh, offense to me laughing at something I thought – it was funny that he meant as serious and not as funny, and I laughed at it. So we had a back and forth there, and that was it. Two days, that was it. Well, we'll make it to Wednesday, I promise. No promises <laughs> come Thursday. All right, buddy, I appreciate that. We'll see you later on this week at our golf outing Friday. That's right. Friday will be there, back nine. Look forward to it. You got it, buddy. Uh, Jake Query right there. Moving noon until 3 is a short timer on the morning show, yet he and Kevin will be up at Colts Camp tomorrow uh, with interviews and a lot of conversation. Yeah, golf outings on Friday at the back nine. If you have not made sure you reserve your position, do so right now. But it's going to be a fun time. Food, beverage. You're going to watch me bomb some golf balls. And I'm going to be like the guy that, goes to, for example, Kilroy Sports Bar and brings his own pool stick. I'm going to go ahead and bring my own driver. I know that sounds weird, but I'm going to bring my own driver. We're going to have a blast on Friday. The fan golf outing begins with the morning show, and then obviously I'll do the show over there as well. It's going to be an absolute blast. Back nine near Morris on the southwest side of downtown on the other side of I-70. Join us there coming up on Friday. Quick break, and we'll come back. Twin Peaks Southside. We're at County Line Road. Love to see you here. Great food, ice-cold beer on a Monday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. The Hardwood Festival. This is as close to a chainsaw sound for a song I could come up with. Pound Cake. Sounds more like a drill. Van Halen. Is this OU812, the album, James? Right? Uh, I think it's for unlawful carnal knowledge is what I'd say. Yeah, you might be right about that. I may have screwed that one up. Welcome back. County Line Road. Twin Peaks. Number nine, by the way. Go to the uh, Hoosier Hardwood Festival. Check out all their hardwood at the Hoosier Hardwood Festival. 
I've heard great things about this, by the way, and I'm a huge fan of wood myself. I would, if I were you, check this out. The Hoosier Hardwood Festival, number nine at 239-1070, is going to go. Yeah, I couldn't think of any other chainsaw songs. I mean, I could do the whole Limp Biscuit. Yeah, I'm like a chainsaw, I skin your ass raw. But uh, I didn't want to put James through that back there. So Pound Cake brought us back in again. Hey, we're live at Twin Peaks on the south side, County Line Road. I want to see you here for the great food and the incredibly ice cold beer that we're serving up for you right now. Hey, a lot of good stuff right here. Jeremiah writes this. I think Jonathan Taylor has three years remaining based on the average play of a running back in the NFL. I agree with you about going to a team that is ready to make a playoff run. And that's probably what's going to happen. I would assume that the Colts end up going back, backpedaling and, and trading him because clearly uh, there's you know been, been no positives yeah, as far as where they are right now with this entire situation. I, I just for the life of me don't understand how both, given you know, their present situations, don't get this. Is it that hard? And believe me, I'm not trying to suggest that you go with running backs for the long-term future. I think I have described it as just massaging the situation if he's healthy and give your team and your offense and your guy under center some help. Why is that so ridiculous? Somebody's going to have to tell me why. Tell me why. Be a hell of a plan right there. No, seriously, when you think in terms of Anthony Richardson, this year is going to be ups and downs and a struggle. Next year, you're going to see, hopefully, him iron out some of those ups and downs. And then in year number three is when you're going to you know, be able to, to call it like you see it. Where he is, where this team is at that point in time, and by the way, that's not me. Well, you're just you know, making sure you're good with the organization. Believe me, what I've said. I mean, it's amazing, and I'm glad that they do this because it looked bad otherwise. I, I do the Colts pregame show, right? And I, I'm different. I kind of lead them around on that with questions and such. And this is a different gig for me altogether. But, you know, unlike the guy... In Baltimore, I've never once heard from anybody over there about my level of criticism regarding the Colts and Chris Ballard. Just comes with the territory. No, nobody's suggesting at all that, well, you know, why are you giving this guy, you know, softball, blah, blah, blah. It, we, we understand where they are right now. And when you understand where they are, you know that it's going to be this year and next year and into a third year for Chris just like it is for Anthony Richardson. It is a reboot for him, and it's the first time for the quarterback. That's where you are here. So that's why I always say expedite the process here a little bit, and I want to see that happen. I just don't think you do that if you can't somehow, some way, help this guy out as much as possible offensively. And given the present running back situation, that's not doing it. I think most of you would agree with that. 
Uh, John Easter writes this. Some people hated Dale Sr., but most loved Dale Jr. I think everybody loves Dale Jr. I, I still think most still loved his dad, too. <laughs> Eddie Brown and Antonio Brown. That's a good one right there. Nah, that was weird. Oh, there you go. Gritty says Jackal with the Lumberjack song. I could have came back with that. Yeah. Well, Jackal, I did not think about that one off the top of my head. That's well done out of you Jackal fans out there. The Lumberjack song. Query podcast 1075thefan.com. Our conversation regarding the racing weekend at IMS, which looked like it was a great deal of fun. Now, it looks like it's going back to the way that it used to be with the Brickyard 400 on the oval uh, itself in the future. But it looked like that most out there had a great deal of fun. And then, of course, we talked about the Colts and the Bills this past weekend. I also mentioned Zach Martin, the guard for the Cowboys, had his deal reworked. And uh, he is now in the fold in Dallas moving forward. And again, when you want to make the comparisons with he and Jonathan Taylor, think about it from this standpoint. I mean, he certainly is more necessary right now to their overall winning, and their expectations are winning the NFC. The Colts' expectations are bringing along a rookie quarterback that has a great deal of inexperience with the most offensive help possible. And when you don't have your number one weapon offensively out there, it doesn't seem like to me you're doing that. Now, I'm not going to call it malpractice, which many people would, because it's both sides here. But what I am saying, both sides come together and, you know, Colts massage financially in the present, and then you can figure out what you're going to do with this in the future. And then if you're Jonathan Taylor, you know, maybe refocus some in on your worth by helping out a team that clearly needs it. I'm sure they don't look at it this way, but that's how I look at this with the Colts. Colts lose their preseason game in Buffalo on Saturday. We've been talking about that. Next up, the Bears in town. Got a couple of joint practices, both uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I believe. I'll be up there for that in Westfield at Grand Park. And then, of course, Colts pregame huddle will start at 4 o'clock in the afternoon coming up on Saturday, which I'm also assuming is from touchdown town in front of the Colts and the Bears in preseason game number two. This reminder coming up, we've got the Labor Day weekend bender with the JMV takeover. I want to make sure you guys know where to go and log on to either rent your cabin and also to make sure that you know you don't necessarily have to be renting a cabin or camping out overnight to come out with us. Now, we'd love it because I'm going to be there the entire weekend. Now, we're going to do this show and we're going to do the JMV takeover on Friday and Saturday up there. Both shows are going to be live. I would love for you to camp out with us all weekend, but... I understand if you just want to come out and hang, I'd also just love to see you up there. So info coming up on that in just a bit. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number. Back to you coming up on the other side. Your chance to win Jim Irsay Collection and that show with his band, which just, by the way, added John Mellencamp earlier today. Those tickets coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com as well. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Awesome! Totally awesome! All right, Hamilton. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Colts lose in Buffalo preseason game one. My analysis all afternoon long. If you missed any of it, the podcast is going to be somewhere. 107.5thefan.com. Ezekiel Elliott signs with the New England Patriots. A little bit earlier today. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. By the way, we came back in with a soundbite courtesy of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yesterday we celebrated. You know how I celebrated? I celebrated exactly how Brad Hamilton celebrated. That's how he celebrated, right? Remember when he came home? Came home in his uniform. Doesn't like wearing his uniform. Damone asked him in the pool before he sized up Stacy, right? He and Rat. And Linda, before he sized up Stacy, he asked, who is, who's, who's his tailor? Which is, by the way, one of the great lines that is rarely talked about in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I celebrated the same way that Hamilton did. Yesterday, that is, and as much as I love Roadhouse, it's right there, and so is Die Hard. But the greatest movie of all time is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the greatest movie of all time. It has everything, especially when you're growing up. It has everything. There's nothing candy-coated there. Everything that you want. I was trying to think. It didn't have fighting, but I think Rat and Damone almost got in a fight in the locker room, and then the PE teacher broke it up. But it does have Charles Jefferson wrecking shop after Spicoli and his little brother wrecked his car. It has absolutely everything. And then it also has not even arguably the greatest nude scene of all time. So, yes, the greatest movie ever made, ever created. Thank you, Cameron Crowe. Celebrated an anniversary upon its release back in 1982 yesterday. Raise my beard to that. Quick break and we'll come back. Twin Peaks, our location. We are staked out in Greenwood today. Great food. My man, I'm looking at you over there. There you go. My man over there, he's not listening to me, though. You think that guy right there is listening to me? You know what he's listening to? He's listening to Jackal right there. I guarantee you that. Quick break and we'll come back. Twin Peaks in Greenwood. Great food. Ice cold beer. 93.5107.5 The Fam. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and that was Joe Wright in the background saying, quote, what a catch. Colts lose preseason game number one in Buffalo on Saturday. Twin Peaks, Greenwood, our location, our server's name, Bubbles. So we would love to see me and you and us and all my friends and Bubbles down here. It's getting ready to storm, but we're here undercover. Listen, all we need is you here. Great food, ice-cold beer. Love to have you. Hour number three of this show, Stephen Holder, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline from ESPN.com. He joins us right here. I'm trying to think. Thank you, brother. Big Ed right there coming correct with me. Um, I'm trying to think about this for a moment. What, what stood out to you? We'll get to Anthony Richardson and some other stuff in a second. But what stood out as an ultimate positive for you to start with in that game on Saturday? You know, I actually think the offensive line, the starting offensive line, I thought they had an acceptable performance. And it's not enough. You know, I, I certainly they're going to see stiffer competition. They're going to see more, more, more scheme and, and more tactics in the regular season. But, you know, I, I thought that you just wanted to see them play with some, <clears throat> excuse me, with some, um, you know, some aggression. And I thought they did that. I thought that they, you know, were adequate in the pass protection. I, I was okay with it. And look, I, I, I don't think, I don't think we can compare Anthony Richardson in the pocket versus the, the quarterbacks we saw last year. So it's not apples to apples, of course, right, with this this offensive line and what they're dealing with now. But I thought that, you know, overall, I thought it was a step in the right direction. And and that was backed up by the availability with, with Colts people today and what they said to us. So, yeah, I think that's something to build on, if nothing else. Yeah, and listen, I always double back, Stephen, to last year, preseason game one. The offensive line was a mess. And you know what? They were a mess the entire year. So, I yeah. mean, we, we always say, well, it's preseason, whatever. And we said that after that game a year ago. And it wasn't whatever. It was a problem the entire year. I, it is going to be so incredible if it does come down to the level of play of this group and the starters – that's just different because if you want to start with the change in philosophy with Tony Sperano Jr. from that of Chris Strasser. I mean, I guess you could start right there. I guess the one thing regarding the offensive line, though, Stephen, that you look at is the lack of depth and something that Chris Ballard always wants to have and uh, seemingly has never had, and he certainly doesn't have it by the looks of it right now either. Yeah, I continue to be perplexed about that. And, and why that has not been a higher priority. I mean, they do have a very high uh, waiver wire priority, if you understand what I'm saying. So when, when players are waived from other teams, the Colts, having been terrible last year, they're going to have the fourth crack at those guys on the waiver wire. Uh, basically, just it matches their draft position. Yeah. Right? So fourth overall pick, they'll have the fourth uh, – They'll, have, they'll be fourth in the pecking order for uh, the waiver wire. But I, I still feel like that's a risky way to go. Um, number one, you're not number one overall. That's the first thing. And then second of all, guys get cut for a reason. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I, I do agree with you. I think that 
it's a lesson I thought the Colts had learned a couple of years ago. You might recall when, you know, they had, I think in 2021, they had COVID, they had uh, injuries to guys like, uh, like Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly had that family tragedy and he missed a bunch of time. So like they really tapped their depth that year and the depth was pretty good uh, to their credit. Like Chris Ballard told us, yeah, I learned a lesson and I'm not going to let that happen again. And he brought in some guys and you know, it might cost you 3 million here or 3 million there, but it matters, man. And and when guys go down, you got to know what you have. I have been a little surprised that they have not taken a similar approach this year uh, because, look, it's really hard to keep five guys together all year long. So, I mean, look, Braden Smith's already out of the lineup. It's not a serious injury, but it's certainly enough to keep him out in that preseason opener. So, you know, just an example of what can happen. All right, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com joins us. Colts lose in Buffalo on Saturday. There's one definitive thing that I came up with after that game on Saturday. And I'm not breaking any new ground or anything like that, but one definitive thing, Stephen, I came up with is just how needed Jonathan Taylor is for this group. That's the one thing that stood out to me. I mean, everything else, I guess you could call it fluid. We'll get to the quarterback play, you know, the wide receivers, the secondary. You mentioned the offensive line. But one definitive thing is how needed Jonathan Taylor is. And the fact that both sides here can't find any common ground whatsoever, I'm sorry, if he's healthy, is ridiculous to me. It's unfortunate, and I will say it's almost like you're reading over my shoulder on my computer screen here because I'm kind of writing a story that says as much. (laughs) I'm just just drinking heavily while I do it and talk on the radio, yeah. Well, that might be a hell of a story to read, actually. Um, (laughs) So, look, man, you're onto something. There's no doubt. And I think – so Ed Dodds, the assistant general manager, he he had some time with with the beat writers today, and – you know, one of the things that he said, I think I have to agree with him. I asked him, I said, look, Taylor's not out there, but I said, you know, we, we have this notion right now that they're all replaceable. Okay. BS. The, the fact of the matter is, I don't care what Deion Jackson did the other day. God bless him. He had 5.8 yards per carry. But here's, here is the difference in God's own words. I said, hey, you know, we talk about these running backs being interchangeable today. I said, why is Jonathan Taylor different? And he said it. He said it's home run speed. He says there's a lot of good runners out there, but those guys are not a threat to go 80 yards. That's what the Colts have right now. They have some, maybe some decent runners who might be able you know, to, to maximize whatever opportunities they have, but, but none of those guys can do what Jonathan Taylor can do. And I think that's the difference. That's why I, I just see a difference between – guys like him and and the Josh Jacobs of the world and 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 guys like that because it's it's the home run ability for me uh we talk about the NFL being about explosive plays and that's exactly why the passing game has been so prioritized right that is a true statement right. and all and all the metrics back that up but if you have a running back who can give you those explosive plays i think you have to at least acknowledge that is a factor, too. So, I agree. I think the Colts are a different offense with Jonathan Taylor in the lineup, and uh, let's see if they can work something out. Don't you think this is needed, too? I mean, really. Like, I'll give you a great example. Like, Zach Martin uh, agreed on – and I'll, I'll say it this way. They massaged 
his deal. Made yeah. him feel better. He feels good. Why in the world can they not do that here? I'm assuming that basically it's the Colts side that just says, hey, we're not going to do it. And I also assume that he's healthy. I mean, maybe there's a background situation here where he's not healthy and he's trying to get something that they shouldn't because of his health situation right now. I know he's on PUP. I just happen to think that that is a hold-in type of situation and has little to do with his health. But you, you saw what Dallas did. Their, their expectations are different. But it's all hands on deck with helping this quarterback evolve sooner rather than later. And to me, to have this guy final year of a deal and not at the very least try to massage and make both sides happy in this year, the first one for Anthony Richardson, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so let's start with the Zach Martin situation. Yeah. Uh, he had, I believe, two years left on his deal, which is he did. You know, usually a, a, a line that, that teams, they don't cross that line. They, you, know, you got two years left, then, you know, look, we'll talk to you next year. And – and even in spite of that, they were able to work something out. I think he's going to get $8 million in new money over the next two years. Look, $8 million grand scheme of a, an industry that, that, reeks, that rakes in billions of dollars a year is not a lot of money, let's be clear, right? Uh, but but it, it, it meant something here because you had to compromise. I think that's the bottom line. They, they had to compromise. I mean, neither party was going to get – everything they wanted. Zach Martin probably wanted a hell of a lot more than $8 million. Okay. <laughs> Can we be honest? But he did yeah. get something. No doubt. And, and the Cowboys, yeah. on the other hand, they get one of their best players back on the field and, and they've got a window, the NFC, there's all, all kinds of opportunity. They see that. Right. So I agree with you. I think you can apply that to the, the Colts situation. Look, Jonathan Taylor will have to be the one to speak to his health and what is going on because no one has given us straight answers on that. So I'm hoping Jonathan will ultimately clear that up for us. But, but be that as it may, I don't think that's anything that's going to keep him out this season. So, so he's, he's going to play football at some point, in my estimation. And, and you'd like that to be for the Colts. I'm sure the Colts would love that. Um, but, but you're right. You said you think this is about the Colts' perspective. All I can tell you is that they haven't offered him anything, to my knowledge, and – I, I think you have to wonder how both sides let it get this bad. It's just so bad and so ugly, and it's unfortunate. You know, I, and I've described it as massaging the situation mm -hmm. here and the now. And I, I think that's an accurate way to put it, too. It just it, – it, it's, it's funny how, to me, Stephen, that I believe the Colts would be more apt – if they wanted to to double back and you know change course to trade him, then they would give him a little bit of hey, be happy right now type of money in the present to make him feel better to have him on the team, and I don't really understand why. I'm with you. I'm with you. I I, I do understand kind of this approach that Chris Ballard has talked about, where he he said it on the day the players reported, where he said. Look, you know, we have a new coach. We have a new team. We're in transition. We won four games last year. I, I think they have taken this sort of everyone has to prove themselves approach, I think. That's the vibe I'm getting there, right? And, and I've heard that from Chris Ballard. I've heard that from a couple other parties. They, they seem to indicate or they, they appear to be indicating that they're in this sort of transitional period. 
And that's fine. That That's probably true, in fact. So you got a young quarterback. I get all that. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is 24 years old. He can be a part of the – the now and the future, at least in the, the near term. I mean, I'm not going to project five years down the road with, with a running back in the NFL. But, you know, we're talking about a guy who, as I said, is 24 and is still in his prime, very much in his prime. I mean, it is what it is. Look, are you taking an injury risk if you lock up Jonathan Taylor? Of course, there is always that risk. And and it's probably more, more pronounced at running back, but – Look, everything's relative. I mean, if you think this this quarterback is the guy, he's going to be a lot better with John Taylor, Jonathan Taylor on the field. I, I don't know. I just I, I agree with you though. There's no way to resolve this without compromise. Nobody is truly wrong, and no one is going to get everything they want. It's uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So do you think that there is really an injury situation going on right now, or is this a hold-in? Look, impossible to say. I, I know what I've been told. I've been told that, that he's trying to get back to 100% and, yeah. and that he, he does not wish to play until he gets to that point. And, and, and that is, I'm just, tell, I'm, you know, I'm just a messenger. I'm just telling you that, sure. that's what he has told the team. Now, that is very much, I think related to last year playing at less than a hundred percent and obviously not playing up to Jonathan Taylor's standards. So he, it's, it's really important to him as I understand it to, to start the year at a really good place where he feels like, all right, I have a good starting point. Obviously that's not going to last. You're going to get beat up. That's just the nature of the, of the position. But you know, I, I do get it from that perspective. Now, the the truth is, <laughs> at some point you do have to prepare for the season. So I do think there's there's a clock running here at some point where Jonathan Taylor has to have some practice and has to get some work in. I mean he hasn't practiced since last year, so that's also a, a factor here. And the other part of it is, I mean, what do you think that deadline is for him? I mean, I was thinking I about know. this the other yeah. day. When, when, when does he need to be back? Because we're talking about him in terms, you know, being productive for this team. But if he half-assed it and doesn't play and then gets back just in time for the start of the season, I don't know how much good that does anybody. Would you agree? Well, I mean, it, it, it's not a recipe for success. <laughs> That's for sure. And we'll yeah. have to see what we'll have to see how long, you know, with, with that line – is different for every player, I think, and, and it's different for different positions. Uh, I, I do think that there would be a lot of benefit to to Jonathan Taylor practice. Anthony, you know, certainly those guys have to be kind of in the on the same page. And and Taylor did have some difficulty in pass protection last year. He's got to fix that. That's the one weakness in his say his pass protection has, has got to be tightened up whether he plays here or somewhere else, like that, that's going to have to be something he, he works on. Little things can be working on in, in practice during training camp right now that are not happening. So, you know, that's to everyone's de- detriment for sure that, that that can't happen right now. So Stephen Holder with us. Have the Colts doctors not cleared him? I mean, that's what it appears. Yeah, I mean, Shane Steichen yeah. has told us Jonathan Taylor will be out there when the medical staff clears him. Now, 
as to what Jonathan Taylor's conversations are with the medical staff and what he is telling them about how he feels. I can't speak to any of that clearly, but, but that is, that is the way this is supposed to work. Uh, the medical staff gives him the green light and, and then the player goes on and, and continues about his business. Uh, you know, so, yeah. this situation, at least so far, um, it, it does involve the player taking an active role. It looks like at least, let me be clear. It, it appears the player Taylor is taking a more active role in deciding how things go. I, I think most of the time, here's how it works. Most of the time, a guy and he rehabs, he rehabs, he rehabs, and he, he tells the coach, I really want to get out there. And, and the coach says, hey, well, when the doctor says you're good, you're good. And then they can't wait. Steven, are you there? We just had a big uh, lightning bolt. James, are you still there? I'm still here. He just Is anybody dropped. here besides me? Uh, he just dropped. Yeah, go ahead and call him back. We just had a tremendous lightning bolt. Uh, it is storming. Storming like Norman. Yeah, I, I bring that up because last night I was watching Winning Time, year number two, regarding the LA Lakers on HBO, and that's absolutely outstanding. I love it as much now as I did when it first began. Storyline is regarding Norm Nixon right now, if you've watched season number two in the first two episodes of Winning Time. And let me tell you this. There is no greater actor on the planet right now. For anything that you desire, he can be a straight man, a little comedic influence, whatever you need with John C. Riley. There's no better actor on the planet. Think about how entertaining every film that John C. Riley has been a part of. Think about how entertaining it is. And then think about how integral he has been in that entertainment value. John C. Riley, everybody. Stephen Holder rejoins from ESPN.com via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I was bringing up that question regarding, you know, the, the clearance and such. Because I'll go back to report date when you guys met with Chris Ballard. And it is so strange that none of this crap was ever, ever mentioned. <laughs> now you've gone through all this. I mean, it's beyond strange, is it not? He just dropped again. That sounds like Stephen Holder's phone just dropped. That may be more of a phone issue in this storm than it is anything else. I'll tell you what, we'll hold out one more time and see if we can get Stephen. Because I do want to ask him about that. You go all the way back to that initial presser with Chris Ballard and no mention of this situation with Taylor and then all of a sudden Hayes on PUP um, kind of going from there. Plus I want to get some Anthony Richardson conversation with Stephen uh, coming up here. So see if we can get his phone back in working order as we're live at Twin Peaks on the south side. It is storming. No doubt. It looks like it's probably worse in some spots here in central Indiana than it is right now. Stephen Holder rejoins from ESPN.com. I had mentioned this before you got cut off. There was no mention regarding Chris Ballard when he met with you guys back at the start of camp. This is why I'm so skeptical about how all this is going going down right now. You know, and how much how much of uh, how much we know, I guess, compared to how much they're not saying and they're not going to say. That's why I'm very skeptical about it all. 
You mean no mention about him going on the, the PUP list initially? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then now yeah. he's been on this for so long. That's why I've, yeah. I've, I've called it, in my opinion, and it could be completely wrong that this is more of a hold-in than it is anything else. Look, I'll, all I'll tell you is, well, first of all, you are correct. We we did not – we were not informed of that. We were informed of the other two players, which I believe was Tyquan Lewis and uh, – I forget, there was one other. Um, anyhow, so – now, Chris Ballard did tell us on the day, on report day, when he spoke to the media, he did say, look, there are still some guys seeing the trainers and checking yeah. in. So he kind of left the door open. But I, but I do, I will tell you this. Look, I, I've kind of left some breadcrumbs along the way on this story. So I'll go back to one that I left. Uh, I would say the Sunday before players reported, uh, I was on SportsCenter. They asked me about Jonathan Taylor. And that situation, and I, you know, I made reference to the comments he made in, in June about the, the running back situation, and and then I said something like, paraphrasing my own quotes here, you know, the next big question is what happens when Jonathan Taylor reports? Does he report? And if he does report, how does he proceed? Well, that was a breadcrumb. I thought something might happen there, and it, it, it did happen. Right? It wasn't a normal report and go practice situation. Right. So uh, there was, there was some mysterious stuff, you know, at, at play there. And I don't know all the details. I'm just telling you, I can tell something was up. And so that was, that, that was the case there. And then, you know, the other thing I would say that the breadcrumb has been, you know, the, the trade stuff, I there was some smoke about that. And then uh, mentioned that reported that. And then the, you know, the next day we learned that there was a trade request. So, I don't know. You know, it's it's been a weird story all along, and all I can tell you is what I know and and what I am hearing and seeing. Um, and we'll see. I, I think we need to hear from Jonathan. That would help if we hear from Jonathan Taylor. It would obviously answer a lot of questions. Would you expect him to come off a of PUP this week? I have no expectation at all. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think they feel like. Well, let me rephrase that. I, I think the reality is there's still a month left. And I think what you have here, at least what it appears, is that you've got two sides trying to wait each other out. It, yeah. it feels that way. Like you have two parties trying to wait for the other, you know, to make, to make a move. Um, and, and I can also tell you that, look, I mean, the, the trade possibility, you cannot take that off the table. That is still a possibility. So I, I, I imagine, I imagine that, now, at least if you're Taylor, you want to see how that plays out, you know, before you commit to anything. I don't know, but I have no idea if that's going to happen. You know, it's it's going to be tough. I do I do think it's going to be tough to 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 trade him uh, for the price that, that the Colts likely want. Uh, if the Colts trade him, if they're going to have to maybe take a concession there and just you know call it a resolution as opposed to getting exactly what they want, that might be tough. Yeah, and, and first of all, what, what in the world are you going to get? I mean, you're going to get so lowballed by everybody. I mean, come on. Yeah, they're getting nothing. Well, you're just getting, absolutely you're just getting a you're just getting a solution to a problem. Is all it is. You're not yeah. getting what you really want, which is, you know, what they would want is some, you know, probably some first or second round pick. Well, that ain't going to happen, right? So, I think you have to decide, you know, what can you 
except to save face. This is hypothetical. I'm just saying if they were to agree to a deal, you have to you have to ask yourself, you know, what would allow us to save face? And then the other part of the equation is they do have a problem on their hands. They have a very unhappy player. It was a very good player and very popular in that locker room. So, you know, what do you do? Do you want that guy in your locker room all year? Is that going to be a problem? How do you navigate that? So if you trade him, if you can get something that you can stomach, then at least you resolve that issue. But it doesn't make you a better team, obviously. We're going to find out the resolution when they peel his poster off the side of the building, I guess, <laughs> at Lucas Oil Stadium this morning. Oh, find man, what a mess. what the hell's happening there. Uh, no doubt. Hey, before I let you go quickly, too, um, Anthony Richardson was a, a bad scene, no doubt, with that interception. But yep. it appeared to me, regardless of what went down, um, that he did become more comfortable. That was good. And I thought it magnified. That's why I mentioned Jonathan Taylor to you. It magnified just how good those around him are going to have to be, especially his wide receivers, to make him and help him grow in his rookie season. I thought we saw a lot of that in that first quarter that he played on Saturday. Yeah, you, you have to allow rookies the space to make mistakes. Now, when they're at quarterback, those mistakes are, are certainly magnified. But it is what it is. I mean, they're still going to make mistakes. They, they are. That is a fact. I don't care if you're the first pick, the fourth pick, the, the 44th pick. It doesn't matter. So, so that's going to happen. And, and the Colts understand that. I think they're willing to live with it. Um, you know, I would say, look, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, he's a veteran. And, you know, that can't happen. Now, I, now, Anthony Richardson has to not compound the mistake by making a bad decision on top of it. But certainly – um, Isaiah McKenzie, it's interesting, uh, real quick, if you look at the tape, and I did briefly, before the snap, Isaiah McKenzie points at the safety like, hey, hey, something's up here. <laughs> and then apparently, the way I read it, he doesn't adjust his route accordingly the way he should have to let Anthony make the hot throw. So, you know, little things. But, look, I, I also don't think they game plan for blitz and all that. So I'm okay with it. It's going to happen. It's fine. Better that it happens in, in early August than, uh, you know, then early September. All right. Well, they're back at it tomorrow. We'll see if we find out anything more. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. Always a pleasure. And I'll see you out there. We can chat again right. Wednesday or Thursday. I'll be out there for those joint practices with the Bears. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, you know where to find me. Yep. Under the, I'll be under the tent and nice, nice and cool and calm and collected right there. Yeah, dr- drinking, the a, drinking a drinking a frosty drink or something probably too. Frosty, <laughs> frosty beverages will be there too. There's no doubt. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. See you. <laughs> Stephen Holder, ESPN.com on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. It is pouring rain right now. County Line and Madison. We're at Twin Peaks on the south side. This is Greenwood, everybody, and a great place indeed. I got to shout out to Chris and to Bubbles and to Ashley for having a fantastic time set up for us here on this Monday. Quick break. We'll come back. We've got stuff to give away. Jim Ursay Collection Band has added John Mellencamp for their show, Thunder, coming up in September. We'll give you a chance to win those tickets and more coming up. 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
The Ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Matt Taylor and Joe Wrights, Colts Radio Network right there. They had a fantastic afternoon. Yeah, and Jim Marseille tweeted something. I can't remember what it was. Um... Was it last night? And then Matt Taylor identified it as a lyric from a Tom Petty song. That's well done right there. We're always kind of looking for anything, right? In our efforts in social media, looking for anything whatsoever. Colts lose on the road in Buffalo on Saturday. First preseason game back at it on Saturday. Coming up this week, 4 until 6, the Colts pregame huddle with me. I'm thinking me, the Goreman. Uh, probably Joe Wrights, I would guess, too, and Bill Brooks. We'll see. Touchdown Town should be the location, and that's going to be outstanding. And then remember, too, I'll probably fire up the JMV takeover a little bit late because it'll take me a minute once I sign off at 6 o'clock from Colts Radio to get up to the station and do the JMV takeover. So we'll start a little bit later than usual. Maybe I'll give you an extra hour. I think that's what I did last year with that in mind. So that is the, how you doing? That is the JMV takeover on Saturday on B105.7 after the Colts pregame huddle from 4 until 6. That kick is at 7 o'clock against the Bears from Lucas Oil Stadium. In fact, the Bears are in town coming up later on this week, Wednesday and Thursday. I'll be up for those joint practices at Grand Park in Westfield. So hopefully I'll see you guys up there. First time I've been up there this year. Should be a blast. And then on Friday, it is going to be at the Back Nine, our location, everybody. The Back Nine is our golf outing. We are all going to be there. So join us eating and drinking and having a good time. Exactly what Dalton said everybody wanted to do inside the double douche. Eating and drinking and having a good time. Plus, we're going to be crushing some golf balls, too. Back nine fan golf outing on Friday. Uh, Q317, who, by the way, on the JMV Takeover on Saturday night, requested Grandmaster Flash and the message. In honor of 50 years of hip-hop, well done. JMV, so is Jim crawling back to JT or JT crawling back to the Colts? Here's what I want. I want everybody in this case, if he's healthy, to understand that this is for the best for everybody. This relationship to continue to move forward is for the best for everybody. It is. It's for the best, and especially you fans. You may not realize it right now, fans, but it's also for the best for you because you want this thing to hurry up. Hustle up. Hustle up some winning. Hustle up some fun. Hustle up some excitement. It's been like six years going into year seven and mostly of crap water. This expedites the situation offensively, if healthy, better than anybody else. That's why you should want it. I would imagine both sides, and I know that, again, I always have to say if healthy, but I know that this is easier said than done. But both sides, man, maybe swallow a little bit of pride and just kind of understand for the big picture where we sit right now, this is for the best. And if you don't understand that after Saturday, massage the running back. 
That's all I'm saying. I don't know monetarily what that might take. Massage the running back. So, I, listen, if it's for the betterment, I'm going to say of you. You guys are the ones that are buying tickets. You're buying the gear. You're going to the games. You have season tickets. Do it for you. Make this team the best it can be, even in a season where likely they're not going to win very much at all. And help out a rookie quarterback that you want to be the staple of this team long term. Do it for the fans. You know, don't do it because of the disposable description of the position. It's different here. It's a different situation here. Don't do it because of what one side said, what the other side said. Get a little bit more money if you're Taylor. Give a little bit more money in the final year of a deal. If you're Ursay, massage the situation. Man, who would not dig an incredible massage? Do it. So neither side has to be crawling, in my opinion. Uh, Alan Stanley writes this, JMV, they have magic banging everything that moves. (laughs) Uh, That is winning time. The Lakers, and yes, there's a lot of heeing and sheeing with magic going on right there, but I'm sure that was par for the course. A lot of heeing and sheeing going on. I love it. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I love it. John C. Riley is the absolute best. John C. Riley is Jerry Buss. Come on now. And it's weird, too, because you know some of these guys are going to come to an end. You know, uh, Jason, what's his nuts? The actor that's playing Paul Westhead is going to come to an end. And I really feel bad because had this been released, remember I had Paul Westhead on this show two years ago? I'd love to get him back on. I would love to know if this is anywhere in the ballpark of how he was. But the best is Jason Clark, the actor. Jason Clark, the actor, playing Jerry West. And I know Jerry West has been upset about this. I know Jerry West and others have said this does not at all represent how he is. But I just so love the character. You know, sometimes it's about the entertainment. And I'll I'll put this in the form of the Colts. Sometimes it's about the entertainment. You will be better entertained if you have a running back the likes of Jonathan Taylor coming out of the backfield. You may not end up winning, but you're going to be entertained. Jason Clark may not be, in actuality, representing 100% Jerry West and how he was, but my God, it's entertaining. Be entertaining. Be entertaining. Uh, JMV Ballard can say whatever he wants, but the fact is they drafted Jonathan Taylor early round two. They actually moved up. Remember, they also got the thumbs up from Jim Ursay. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do, Chris. They moved up in round two knowing running backs were not being valued as high. Why draft him in the second if you don't plan at least to give him one more contract? Here's what I believe is the case right here. And that's why, like... I'm in a tough spot in my explanation, but I think it's still true. Like I've said all along, you got to get with the program. You got to go with what is winning in the NFL today, and that's not with the old Ballard approach. So I would say that maybe they're going with a new Ballard approach. But unfortunately, right now, you have to live with many pieces of the old Ballard approach. Shaquille Leonard, 
offensive line, Quentin Nelson. You have to, leave, you have to honestly live with the old Ballard approach. Rookie quarterback and experienced, you need a running back. You also have to live with the old Ballard approach right now. Like further down the road, you don't want that. But you have to live with it. You need to live with it right now because it's necessary. Quick break and we shall return. Thank you all for joining us. Twin Peaks on the south side. I love this. In fact, Chris, the general manager, said you guys are going to be here a lot more. We are going to be here a lot more. I got to remind you of the JMV Takeover live on location for the first time. I think it was Griff. Griff Pope inside the lounge via YouTube Live said, hey, what is this Labor Day weekend bender thing? Well, it's whatever you want it to be, but it's going to be the biggest end-of-summer blast you've ever been a part of. I'll explain that on the other side. Get you set for tomorrow, too, and where we are the rest of the week. Two times in Westfield, Wednesday and Thursday, Grand Park with the Colts and training camp, and then our golf outing at back nine coming up on Friday. That and more as we close out live from Twin Peaks, south side in Greenwood off County Line Road. It's 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Forget all about that macho and learn how to play guitar. <laughs> you guys grew up when I did and when this song would play, you go, hey, hey, he's about, hey, he's going he's gonna to cuss here in a second. All right, Forget all about that macho. How many 80s songs actually have a cuss word in it? James, can you help me? Give me 80s songs. Obviously, at the tail end, a lot of the NWA songs had a great deal of cuss words in it. A lot of Easy e stuff had cuss words in it. What song, other songs had cuss words in it? From the 80s, uh, off the top mm-hmm. of my head... I actually can't really think of one right now. Like the eighties aren't really a late decade 70s, you think of. Late seventies, early eighties, the devil went down to Georgia. I remember talking to the late great Charlie Daniels at the track about this once, and at the end he said, um, I done told you once you son of a gun, and some versions say you SOB. I always liked the SOB one better, and he said, You know what? I didn't like the SOB one. I didn't like the SOB. He liked the son of a gun better. Forget all about that macho. He's going to cuss. Hey, by the way, two, number nine at 239-1070, the Jim Ursay Band, the Jim Ursay Experience Collection Band coming at you. That's in uh, September down at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's going to be a great time. John Mellencamp has been added to the list. Stephen Stills and Wilson, Peter Wolf. One hell of a time right there you guys are going to have. Number nine at 239-1070 is uh, going to be able to go on us right here. Trying to find out if you guys got cussing songs of the set, like 90s. Like when I do the best of the 90s on the JMV Takeover, I got to edit everything. Absolutely everything. Oh, yeah, Rich Girl, late 70s right there. 1977 for Rich Girl. Gotcha. I don't even know if we consider that a cuss word anymore, do we? 
It's weird how all that's evolved. Hey, today at Twin Peaks has been outstanding off of County Line. It is absolutely pouring right now. Well, we've had a great time here. I got to thank Chris and Ashley and Bubbles for being awesome to us, and we are going to be back very soon. Travis, who got this thing started on a Monday, Dev is back. You know, and outside, we kind of kept this whole thing going. It's been twice now where somebody has unplugged us here. We've been here twice, and we've been unplugged twice. But Dev's always got answers, man. Dev, thank you very much for that. Hey, by the way, a JMV Takeover and this show will be live Labor Day weekend. We're doing both Friday and Saturday from Mystic Waters Campground right off of I-69 in Pendleton. Now, I have advised you to go ahead and rent a cabin for the weekend because this is going to be a Labor Day weekend bender. I'm going to be up there the entire weekend, but if you just want to come and hang out both nights, we would love to see you up there. I will tell you this. On Friday, I'm going to do this show. Again, that's Labor Day weekend, this show, and then DJ Skids is going to perform after me. And then on Saturday, I, for the first time, I'm going to do the JMV Takeover on the road. So we're doing that on the road on Saturday up there. We call it the Labor Day Weekend Bender Mystic Waters Campground. We have cabins available right now. You can rent them for the weekend, or you can just show up and hang out if you have an RV or a camper. If you got a tent, if you want to go, like, on the cheap with the tent, you can certainly do that. Just make sure you're up there with us. Make your plans for Labor Day weekend with us. Me, Brent Halverson, DJ Skids, and so much more. Uh, we're going to be at the Mystic Waters Campground, I-69 in Pendleton. It is going to be an absolute blast. Def, thank you very much, brother. Appreciate that. James back in the studio. Thank you. Chris and Ashley and Bubbles outstanding here. Shout out to Greenwood. Glad to be back here at Twin Peaks. We will do this again. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, you guys have been outstanding today. What incredible conversations. Uh, the Coles and Stephen Holder of ESPN.com and Jake Query of The Morning Show. Short timer. Jake Query of the Morning Show. They're going to be live up at Colts Camp coming up tomorrow. I'm back in studio tomorrow. Colts Camp in Westfield Wednesday and Thursday. The fan golf outing on Friday at back nine. That is something you will not want to miss. Big Ed brought me a shot too, man. Thank you, brother. You guys have been awesome today. Way to start out this week with an absolute blast at Twin Peaks in Greenwood. Back with you tomorrow in studio beginning at 3, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a great night.